nueva. Look like a damn Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. And I'm Carl Stout. And today we are here covering Power Man and Iron Fist 58. Yay. Yay. So as for news and stuff, uh, the previous episode was actually recorded a day before, so... That's where all the up-to-date news will be. But this was published August 1979. Mm, anything else of note published? Nope. Oh, wait. Uh, first appearance of the Punisher. Ooh. Oh, wait. No, it's not. Never mind. That's just a reprint. <laughs> Fire. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yes. Power Man and Iron Fist 58. So this is a this is a very famous revered issue that introduces the eagle That's El Aguila. Uh, one of my yeah. Um, so on the cover it has this Zorro knockoff standing over <laughs> a smouldering Luke Cage, while Danny uh, jumps out in a copy pasted pose from a window. Uh, <laughs> Towards uh, El Aguila, the, the, uh, I mean, it's it is actually a good cover, but Iron Fist is copy pasted from elsewhere. I'm pretty sure. Isn't I think we've the, seen that pose a few times. The team up cover post with Spider-Man, where he's busting through the door. Yeah, I think so. Or it's or it's the elevator one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And they're outside of uh, a cinema, Luke's cinema, showing Rio Bravo, which is a... I'm going to talk about Rio Bravo when we get up to it, because I have things to say about that movie. Things that you will hear. I've seen it. Yeah. Have you seen High Noon? Nope. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. Um, But yeah, uh, what do you think of this cover? I like it. I mean, it's... uh standard issue with the Marvel fanfare. I also -hmm. also do think it's it's interesting that you quickly realize that Iron Fist is pretty much wearing a Zorro mask. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it does its job, though. There's been worse covers, that's for sure. Um... So, yeah, uh, when we get into the issue itself, El Aguila has landed, or El Aguila, I'm not sure which one it is. Let's just call him the Eagle. <laughs> Let's call him the Eagle, yep. Um, the Eagle has landed. So they're in a nightclub, and you have uh, Danny and Misty sort of dancing in the background with some chick next to them, and this dude wearing like a. He looks like Toy Man. From Superman, uh, wearing the exact same outfit, and he's just doing the. He's pretty excited, uh, but yeah. So Luke is there with Harmony, his model supermodel girlfriend, and Luke is uh, in a monologuing, being irritated because uh, when this he didn't know nightclubs had changed this much while he was in prison because uh, he's used to you know. Low lights, soft music, and a seductive atmosphere. But this is like a doos, doos, doos nightclub. 
except, you know, 70s music instead. Uh, disco. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, uh... <laughs> Should put in some cheesy disco background music for this part. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Um... So Luke's like, oh, Penny, for your thoughts, Harmony, can I have some more wine? <laughs> sure, babe, I'll call the waiter. Wonder how much this is going to end up costing me. Getting a bottle of wine from a nightclub? Can you imagine if you did that today? No. Yeah, it'd be expensive. It'd be a car uh, Misty observes Luke's not having a very good time. Danny agrees. He's like, hey, you know, I kind of agree. You sure this is really dancing? I wonder what they dance like in Kunlun. Obviously not disco. Yeah, not disco. So, uh, you know, the people are talking, chatting, haha, fun, nightclub, yay. Uh, then we cut to outside. A limo pulls up. Yep. We're here, We're Mr. Here, Hayes. Mr. Hayes. Have a nice evening, ladies. So how so do you we... pronounce that name? Saucer? I don't know. I'm not even going to try. We have, like, a little crime boss guy here. That's what I'm going to call him, crime boss guy. Um, <laughs> he's like, Duke, Harry, you go in first to make sure the place is clean. Uh, is that a word for chauffeur? No. I'm going to call him chauffeur. Driver, stay with the car. Very good, sir. So he sends his goons in. Um, they're like, you know, Coast Fear looks pretty safe. He walks in. And then we get an angry guy with a pencil mustache. Looking over at him. Hmm. And Harmony's like, ooh, Luke, look at those gorgeous girls. What gorgeous dress dresses. And who's that little man with them? Do you know him? He's. And, you know, th this guy, he's a. Uh, he sells junk to kids real cheap, like it was candy. Luke wishes he has some way of nailing him because Luke works in the law and then we have a laser beam what the and he's Duke like Harry, do carry tear this place apart until you find a guy that did that I want him and we get Zoro uh, not Zoro the eagle because he's like Zoro, except he isn't cool. He doesn't slice a Z in people's uh, shirts, and he fires laser beams from his sword. I'm sorry. I'm being mean, but this yeah. is like... Yeah. I like the I character. He makes quite a few appearances in the book. I like, him, I like him after this appearance. I don't like him here, but I like him later on. Uh, okay. He's just, and it, it's just such a, I don't know, I feel like the design is pretty lazy. Like, he's just Zoro, but he shoots laser beams out of his sword. Like, really? I mean, he's not, he's not, uh, that mountaineer idiot. He's not that lazy, but, you know. It, it, it's actually, it's the inverse of, uh, the last issue. When me and Rebecca, I was saying to Rebecca that the living monolith is an awesome design, but a lame character. Uh -huh. Whereas this is like a lame design, but a good character, so, you know. Um, anyway, the, yeah, this eagle, the eagle has entered. He makes a grand entrance. Yes. Jumping up on top of the table, telling everyone in the room, they call me the eagle. 
Yeah. Please. It's like this is a restaurant and nightclub, I guess. Um, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't in America in the seventies. I don't know how they did nightclubs there. Maybe I should just go watch Saturday Night Fever. Would that give me an accurate no. representation, Carl? Okay, no. never mind then. I don't like him that much anyway. So Luke so, Cage's Luke Cage's girlfriend is freaking out. Yep. He's like, I'm right and, here, babe. Uh, I'm gonna not let anyone hurt you. Don't look like Eagle's interested in anyone but Hayes anyways. Hayes is the little drug dealer guy. Yeah, and, and Danny's girlfriend is Misty yeah, Knight Gun. Polar Magnum. Take it easy, Misty. Don't get trigger happy. We don't know what's going on here. The gun stays in the holster for now. I would have, I mean, I would have let her pull the gun, but at the same time, it wouldn't have done anything because he would have shot it with a laser or something. So, uh, But, um, yep, so uh, Hayes goons go to take out the eagle. He dispatches them quite easily with a uh, laser beam sword. Yes. And he stops Hayes from fleeing with another laser beam right in front of him. And he robs him. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. So, yeah, he's mugging him and he's mugging the girls as well, but they don't care at all because they're charmed by him, I guess. Because... Mm-hmm. He robs the girls because they're wearing jewelry that he bought them. So he's like, Mr. you know, Hayes the, bought them, not the eagle. Yeah, yeah, the Mister Hayes, and you know, Such the eagle's like blood, blood paid for with the tears of others. Only mar your loveliness. And they're like, oh, oh please take me. them all. <laughs> and then we get, uh, then we get the driver coming in with a double barrel shotgun, who also has a mustache, and yes. he just starts opening fire, and the eagle dodges. And luckily, it doesn't hit anyone. Um, have you read uh, Daredevil, Spider-Man, The Death of Gene Wolf? No. Okay. Well, that happens. Spider-Man dodges like a shotgun blast and it kills someone. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, lucky it didn't happen here. Uh, but <coughs> yeah, Danny's like, I don't. Uh, one of the thugs is ready to shoot the eagle. And Danny's like, I don't condone what the eagle's doing, but I can't just let you shoot him down in cold blood. Then he proceeds to dodge the bullets in a really, really psychedelic panel. Yes. (laughs) I know it's supposed to be just the disco lights, but it looks like they're in another dimension in this panel. So, yeah. Danny's like, I doubt you can kill me with your bare hands. And he disarms him with a kick. It's an inside crescent kick Chuck Norris made famous. Yes. Chuck Norris did not invent the inside-to-outside Crescent kick, though. It's a very standard kick in the kick repertoire of Korean martial arts, and probably every martial art, actually. But, but yeah. even Bruce anyway. Lee commented on the speed in which Chuck Norris could do his Crescent kicks. Also known as Carlos Norris. Also, another little known fact on his black belt test, he was made to kneel down for two hours because he was being a brat. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. He's a, he's a tanks at our black belt test, specifically. Um, uh, anyway, uh, anecdotes that are more interesting than the issue itself aside, we get back to Misty holding a gun to this guy's head. Well, it's one the of the other dudes. Yeah, Harry. 
not Harry Callahan. I think it's funny that, you know, she's like, take your finger off that trigger nice and easy before I perforate your skull. And he's just like, Misty Knight? With a question mark. <laughs> and then we have Hayes yeah. on the floor getting him up, getting up, going, Knight, the detective woman? Now, ain't that just what Harry and Duke deserve? Letting me come into a place full of cops and crazy men and telling me it was safe. Lucky thing, the chauffeur always keeps Bessie here in the trunk of the car. Her and her second barrel shot is just what I need to even the odds. And then we get a very weird picture of Luke Cage's face, and it appears he's even missing an eyeball. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's that fool Hayes up to? He could kill someone if he starts firing a shotgun in the crowd. And Luke dives in front of the back of Eagle, because that's who Hayes was aiming for, and takes a shotgun blast right in the chest. And now we get a picture of Luke Cage with a smoldering chest wound, looking more like Blackula than Luke Cage, going, Yeah, he does. (laughs) Power Man, I didn't know it was you, I swear. Don't hurt me, boy. I could be good to you. So, what happens here? Like, does Luke throw this thing around his neck, or what? Or was that the eagle? Because it doesn't really show you what happens. I honestly don't know what is going on in that panel. Yeah, there is no transition to, um, you know. So uh, the eagle's like, oh, my life's in your cage, and Luke's about to pick up the jewels, and then uh, the eagle shoots the jewels out of Luke's hand, grabs the jewels, runs off and jumps off the rooftop, very, jumps up a rooftop very quickly. We don't see him jump up the rooftop he probably has like a wire or something but he's he's moving too fast for Danny and Luke to catch him and Luke is uh, monstrously annoyed because he just saved his life and he got sucker blasted and had this dude Run off. So catch up with them. There's not going to be enough of them to put in jail. You could you could go be here from Luke Cage to get So we get a montage yeah. of uh, the eagle doing Robin Hood esque deeds. Well, half of Robin Hood's deeds. What do you mean half? Well, we don't see any redistribute. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. I just in my head I assumed he was redistributing it, but he never says he is. And he, yeah, no, he looks like he's just mugging people. Um, you know, even even cops with police brutality, even if they're legal arrests, he's interfering with that. And everyone loves him, so people aren't telling Cage and Danny squat. Even Cage's usual informants aren't divvying up the details uh, because they love him too much. They think he's some sort of hero. Because he's standing up for little guy, even though Luke did that all the time. So they've uh, been looking for him for two weeks, and they've been coming up with nothing. Yeah. And in uh, these panels, we actually see that he's signing his work like Zorro also. Yes. Beware. And then he signs the eagle, which is like, would be a lot. Can you imagine if he tried to cut someone's shirt into that shape? (laughs) That'd be very difficult, right? Wait, almost done. Almost there. A few more lines. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, so he's moved into the pricier neighborhoods now. And he's like robbing, he's just robbing people. Robbing the big bosses. Yeah. Uh, but they keep missing him. He's always one step ahead. And uh, Danny asks what his name means. Because we've been saying the eagle, but most of the time it's they're saying El Aguila, El Aguila, whatever. And Danny asks, like, what does that name mean? It's Spanish. Fist means eagle. Like he's a symbol of justice. I hate to say it, but that's our job he's doing out there. I don't think I want to see him stopped. Yeah, I know. He's doing all right. Still owes me for a new tux, though. Um, I mean, is he doing all right? Because he's not redistributing the wealth. That we know of, yeah. Yeah, he's stopping bad guys, but so is like 10% of the population in New York with the amount of superheroes there is there. Uh, anyway, uh, Miss Royce uh, leads in two new clients. Well, they're not new clients, actually. They're, um, what is it? They're on retainer, right? Well, we get to that, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, they, they they want him to stop... They want Power Man and Iron Fist to stop the Eagle, but Luke knows these guys as slumlords. Like, bad slumlords. And Luke's like, I'm not going to stop him because, you know, he's ripping you guys off. You guys deserve it. And unfortunately, Heroes for Hire is on retainer to these guys. And these guys are called the Linden Street Property Owners Association. And he pulls out a contract signed by our favorite lawyer... No, our third favorite lawyer, my third favorite lawyer, anyway, um, Jaron Hogarth. Who's the second? Foggy Nelson. Oh, okay. And okay. the first is Matt Murdock. Yeah. I will say this: the art- artist worked overtime on that middle panel on page eleven on that dude's face. Yeah. No other very, picture very in this detailed. entire book has that much detail. Yeah, it's not, um, pretty sure it's not the usual artist. You keep summarizing while I look this up. (laughs) So, of course, Luke can't believe this as they walk out pretty much laughing at him, saying, you're stuck working for us. So he calls Jaren, and he's like, oh, delighted to hear from you, my dear boy. (laughs) The sound of your friendly voice brightens my dreary little office. And he's like, cut the bull, man. I need to know how I can get out of our contract with J.P. Preston. Don't want no part working for a creep like that. That contract can't be breached to clients who have you on retainer pay for your upkeep of your offices and whatever other perf- personal differences with Preston overcome them and spare us all a protracted legal battle. Thanks a lot. Clack as he slams the phone down. What do we do now, Luke? And here we have Miss Royce butting in going, I've been working mm-hmm. for Jaren for three years, and believe me, there's only one thing you can do. Learn to live with it. Yep. Um, and it's the same artist. It's the same regular artist, so... Uh, it just, the art doesn't feel as up to snuff as it has the past couple of issues, in my humble opinion. Well, even on this new page where they're talking to DW in the movie theater, the corner panel of Iron Fist is again like outstanding for this page. Yeah. So I'm almost wondering if he had a friend helping that just wasn't credited. Yeah. 
Because on the next page, we have a full shot of the eagle's face. And yes, it's a great panel, but it's not the same art style as that Iron Fist panel or the Slumlord panel. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. There's stuff like this always happened. So, um, but they're talking to DW, uh, Luke's friend who works at the movie theater that Luke sleeps above. Um, and they're just, they're just talking about how no one will talk to them because the Eagle is so popular. Like, you know, Luke's not even welcome around most of his friends anymore because he's that popular and they don't like that Luke and Danny are looking into it. And, you know, people, Danny says people treat them like they're attacking a symbol. And DW's like, hey, you're right, he is a kind of symbol. What a film hero he would make. Yeah, Zorro. Yeah, Zorro. <laughs> and he's doing the Zorro prose as DW's saying that. Um, the Avenging Eagle, striking an injustice in all its forms. Or the Avenging Zorro. But, you know. Um, so... Powerman and Iron Fist resort to a less direct means of doing their job. So they've started tailing Mr. Preston himself, just waiting for the eagle to strike. And, and it pays off. Yep. The eagle hits the keys out of this guy's hand with his laser sword. This is dumb, damn it. <laughs> Mary Jo Duffy, are you listening? Who made this character? Who designed this? It's Zoro with a laser sword. This is like... I know Power Man and Iron Fist have lazy villains, but this is really lazy. And look, I like this character later on, but man, this is such a lazy design. What were you guys thinking? Email us at sons of the dragon podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, um, yes, so we have this super detailed uh, close up of the eagle here um, with his penciled mustache. Basically That's what saying you call it, right? how long do you think I was wasting my time harassing your confidence while you, the biggest criminal of the lot, went unmolested? Do not lie to me. I know the truth about your business. And when I publish the evidence, which, by the way, I'm about to get from you, <laughs> the world yeah. will know it too. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Now put the briefcase on the ground and back away from it. But, but, I can't. It's handcuffed to my guards. Get him. What are you, Shatner? Guards, get him. (laughs) But, but, I can't. (laughs) So, um, uh, uh, the eagle shoots all these guards with laser precision with his laser sword. This is like something a ten-year-old would make up. I'm not even joking. Like, I am not joking. Oh, he's like, he has this sword and this mask and it shoots lasers. Except 10-year-olds are usually more imaginative than this. Like, I'm sorry. I have so much disdain for the character design here. I am oozing disdain right now. There is black bile coming out of my pores and my skin, covering my keyboard. Um, anyway, moving on. So he dispatches the three guards and then jumps from the rooftop where he was and then blasts the briefcase off the handcuffs. Yeah, he, he cuts the handcuffs. And now when I precision. have what I came for, I'll be on my own. And so his hat falls off, but he wasn't wearing a hat before. No, it's on his back. Oh, never mind. 
Okay, so uh, Luke's like, hey, we got a few things to discuss. And the eagle zaps him, and then he's like, the time for talk has passed, idiot. I don't want to hurt you, but if you interfere, I'll have no alternative but to strike you with my full power. And then he does it anyway. Yep. <laughs> and yes. Danny is pissed. He's standing silently watching from the rooftop. Yeah, because Danny was supposed to wait until they heard the whole spiel of like what he wanted and what this evidence was and stuff. Um, but as he fires, Danny leaps, lands on him, and in the most satisfying panel I've seen possibly <laughs> my entire life, Danny clocks him. And his face moves with the fist that connects to his face. And it was beautiful. Yeah, you need to put that panel in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll he be the rocks new podcast his world. Logo. He adjusts his dental work. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's down and out and the guards have taken over. Um, but Danny's checking on Luke. And Luke's like, I hurt so much I almost wish I was dead. But I ain't, and Lord help me, the next sucker who shoots something at me. Speaking of which. Yes. <laughs> is, it, is it safe, too? Don't worry, Mr. P. We got this guy. He won't be giving you any more trouble. Good work, Finn. Besser, let's make certain that while we're at it, you got it, sir, as they start beating the eagle. <laughs> now he bends down and picks up one of their handguns. He's not so tough now that we've taken away his fancy sword. Isn't that right, Mr. Eagle? Senor Preston, you are scum. <laughs> Spits right in his face. And one of the goons is like, oh, jeez. <laughs> and here is the most racist panel in the book. A close-up on cartoon-esque eyes. His entire face red. Spit dribbling down his chin. You greasy little wetback. <laughs> At which point, Luke Cage is like, uh, Fist? I don't like the way this is going. <laughs> I, I agree. agree. It's Tommy put a stop to it. it. Okay, so, Preston, fun's yeah. over. You've gone too far now. Eagles had enough. The police yeah. can handle The police, you must be joking. You've been precious little help to me, so don't interfere now, or so help me, I'll... Look out, Luke, he's going to shoot. And it's like, it sounds like he was threatening Luke, right? But he just shoots anyway? Yep. Um, and it's like, he knows who these people are. He has them on retainer. So how does he, like, what does he think shooting Luke's going to do? I guess he's so mad, but I don't know, it's just like... Uh, as Luke says, Preston, you're one dumb, unlucky fool. Like, he's really stupid yep. shooting Luke Cage. Like, that that's the whole thing with Luke Cage. He's bulletproof. I mean... Anyway, uh, the Eagle uses distraction to... It turns out the energy beams, the laser beams, they don't come from his sword. They come from his gloves or his costume. Probably his gloves. And he charges the car behind him with electricity and knocks out the two goons holding him. And he grabs a briefcase and runs off while Luke and Danny are dealing with the situation there. And he's like, once again, amigo, I'm in your debt. And Luke socks uh, Preston 
probably not the moral thing to do. <laughs> and Danny takes care of the third guard, who was one of the ones holding the eagle that got zapped. Yeah. And proceeds to knock him out also. Yep. And, uh, yeah. That's all she wrote. Uh, well, Preston has a black eye. Up. Apparently Luke punched him through the back window of his car. And they're like, you gotta yeah. get him. You gotta get my briefcase back. I'll give you anything you want. Double your fee. And Luke's like, our fee? Hey, Fist, that reminds me. How does being on retainer work? I'm not sure, but I think it means we have to work for him, whether we want it or not. And he has to pay us, whether we succeed or not. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably a rule somewhere where if you attack your employer, <laughs> you don't get squat, and they can probably sue you. Um, like, you just punch him in the face, and you also have super strength, and you punch him in the face. Yeah, but he also unloaded uh, six bullets into his chest before that. Good good point. Good point. So they decide, since it's after 5 o'clock and they don't work after 5, that they're going to go to the theater and catch Rio Bravo, a John Wayne movie. Yes. Yes, Rio Bravo. Uh, So, before we go there. He's still mad that the Eagle owes him for his tux. Before we go there, next, the return of a few old friends as well as a few new ones in Big Apple Bomber. So let's get to Rio Bravo. <laughs> I think it sucks, but that's the thing. It's like this really famous, uh, popular Western. And I've seen a fair few Westerns, but I think it sucks. It was, I mean, it was pretty much made as a response to High Noon, which John Wayne and, uh, uh, who directed Rio Bravo? Was it John Ford? I, I feel like it was John Ford. I am uh, Powered Hawks. So they made Rio Bravo. Uh, no, they made High Noon, which was kind of an analogy to like the Red Scare, because a sheriff is trying to get people around town to help him fend off this criminal, but no one will help him. And it's kind of, you know, hey, it's like a communist thing. So John Wayne got really annoyed. He's like, that's un American. So they make Rio Bravo, and it's like, it, it's a borderline vanity project. Um, I'm not, Carl, Carl hasn't seen it, so there's not much point going into the tour, but if you've seen both, you probably know what I mean. If you watch them back to back, then Rio Bravo is just embarrassing and awful, and it's, it's like a vanity project, except John Wayne didn't write it, so the director just really loved John Wayne. John Wayne is this saggy, weathery, 50-year-old dude getting, uh, prime Angie Dickinson, whereas all the other much more age-appropriate handsome 20 year old co-stars don't it's really awful it's really weird i hate it anyway that's my rio bravo rant so uh yeah what do you think of the issue carl well it's pretty much we're setting up the eagle that's all this issue is i mean it's not a bad issue it's got some great scenes it's got some decent dialogue it's definitely got action but continue (laughs) you hate everything i hate this issue (laughs) Yeah, um, I mean, this is my third podcast in a row for the night, so I'm a bit grouchy, but uh, I, I don't know, I thought this issue sucked. You're tainted. I, I just, you know, you could read it as an average Power Man and Iron Fist issue, or you could read it as a shitty issue, and I think it was crap. Um, you know, like, all the issues that have come before this, the three issues, the Car Coliseum, the 
and the two-part living monolith, they were way better than this. I thought this was lazy. I thought the art was, like, all over the place. And, you know, it was just filled with stupid crap. Um, I do kind of like how they're on retainer for these slumlords. I think that's interesting. Uh, and I, as I said, I think the eagle, the eagle annoyed me in this. I don't like his design. Uh, he does get better later, though. But, uh, yeah. The uh, interesting thing about this issue, though, is Danny never uses the Iron Fist. Correct. Uh, not sure if that's the first time we've had an issue where he hasn't used the Iron Fist. I feel like it might be, but I could be wrong. Or he doesn't try to use it, at least. Mm. So, yeah. Well, that was interesting. I just think um, next issue he'll use it twice. Yeah. <laughs> big, big, big fists. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. Do you have anything to add, Carl? No. All right, well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, next issue will be Power Man and Iron Fist. You guessed it, 49. Uh, no, 59, sorry. Yes. And I have a feeling I know what this issue is, and I'm probably going to hate it as well because <laughs> the bomber thing is... Uh, yep, yep, yep. Oh, Daddy, me best friend. Oh, yes. <laughs> that might that might, that might might ring some bells for our veteran listeners. Uh but uh, until then, may your skin become unto a bulletproof substance. And your sword shoot lasers. Yes. Peace. 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 Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. Any musical images we use belong to their respective copyright holders. We do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, anything you want, really. It doesn't even have to be related to Iron Fist. If you don't want it read on the air, though, make sure you mention that. You can also find us on Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon, uh, hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find us real quick. We are also on iTunes. If you find us there, give us a review and rate us. If it's less than five stars, please say why so we can improve the show. And we're on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And last but not least, head over to our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast.wordpress.com. That's where I put all the show notes. I'd like to thank Thomas Tissot for composing the Iron Fist theme song we use at the start of our Iron Fist episodes on the podcast. I'd also like to thank Peter John Sikorsky for composing the Power Man and Iron Fist theme we use at the start of our Power Man and Iron Fist episodes. And finally, thanks to you guys for listening. Thank you.